Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, where we celebrate every single day the people who make this such a great place to live, work, and play. And today is Jeff Duncan Day. <laughs> it's the day that we get to talk about the Saints for 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 good or bad. And what's interesting, Jeff, we've got Jeff Duncan with us from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. I hear from uh, from people on a regular basis that they really enjoy you coming on and and, and sort of giving your view to the people who are in the Super Talk uh, listening area, and they really appreciate it. And they, they're very religious about listening. Uh, athletic directors, uh, you know, just, you know, businessmen, just a lot, large uh, scope of people that, that pay attention to what you have to say every Friday. So we appreciate you taking the time to join us, my friend. Oh, that's awesome to hear. And, you know, it doesn't surprise me how many Saints fans there are over in the Gulf Coast area. I mean, I know the Saints know that. And, um, you know, I think the audience continues to grow. Uh, as this you know team gets more popular, as the team gets more popular, look, you and I have sliced and diced it every which way but loose. Uh, going, you know, during the off season, you know, talking about all the salary cap issues and how they dealt with that, and then going into training camp, and then uh, all the discussion and speculation about things and. Then we, of course, we talked about the first game with Atlanta. What a great comeback, a historic comeback for the Saints. And uh, we knew leading up to the Tampa Bay game that it was going to be a tough one. It was going to be a defensive battle. It was a defensive battle. I told you by the time that the game was over, I was drained. And I didn't want to read or hear anything about the Saints for a couple of days. I just, it just, I guess I was in a, in a glummy mood as it relates to the Saints. Uh, but you hear that a lot, don't you? Yeah, I mean, we know that the Saints kind of are the bellwether for people's moods here in the Gulf Coast and uh, certainly here in New Orleans. And, um, yeah, that was a tough one. I mean, I understand why you'd feel that way because the Saints really played just about as perfectly as you could play that game for about three and a half quarters. And then it just to come unraveled the way it did. Uh, you know, my colleague Luke Johnson did a good job of uh, the anatomy of a collapse kind of I think the, the stat he had was in 10 plays, the Saints gave up 17 points. I mean, that game was three to nothing for so long and three to three. Uh, and just you, you knew the way the game had to be played. And the Saints, I think, were the ones that blinked first. And that hasn't typically happened in this series in the past. Uh, the Saints have been the ones steady and the Bucks have blinked. So it's kind of, I think, frustrating for fans to see it reverse like that. I thought Luke's piece, incidentally, because I told you I didn't start reading till yesterday. I just admitted, but I did get caught up. I thought Luke's anatomy of how this kind of unraveled was really well done. Really well done. Why don't you, you know, because people are curious. Um, you can share your color as well, but why don't you kind of give a feel for what went wrong? Well, I think it's pretty simple. I mean, they just they made too many mistakes. I think uh, you know they had some opportunities early to kind of put a little distance between themselves and the Bucks, and you let them hang around Tom Brady, you know, future Hall of Fame quarterback. And, um, you know, I think that more than anything else, maybe some of the missed opportunities early. You know, I thought it was interesting that Dennis Allen, you and I have talked on this program before, he's going to be a little more conservative than Sean Payton. And we saw that right before halftime. The Saints had a 3 nothing lead, 
They're on about the 39-yard line, the Tampa Bay 39, and they fail to get a few more yards there, and they end up punting from the 39 instead of trying a long field goal. That was the respect Dennis Allen has for Tom Brady. In case they miss that, you're giving them the ball about the 45, but it shows you how conservative he is in, in a 3 nothing game instead of taking the potential points there. He punted them deep. They only have a 3 nothing lead. That, that's a good example of some points they maybe could have put some distance between them and Tampa Bay. And then this, those turnovers, you know, the Mark Ingram fumble, which uh, we talked about on air, uh, off air before we got on, uh, I thought was a really good play by the Bucks. Uh, you know, te- a veteran guy like Ingram, that's two weeks in a row he's coughed the ball up. Uh, you know, if he keeps that up, uh, he's going to be on the bench, I can tell you that. Uh, but the, the really egregious mistakes in my mind were the, the interceptions, in particular the second and third one by Jameis Winston when – you know, the first one was almost like a punt, throws it up, 50-50 ball. Uh, he's learning, I think, a lot about Chris Olave. We all are. Uh, a rookie receiver out of Ohio State. Uh, that was a 50-50 ball. It doesn't look to me, at least early on, that Chris Olave, that's going to be his bread and butter, going up and getting those deep balls. Uh, so they are going to have to figure that part of it out because that's what the Bucks were giving them. They were trying to take advantage of it, and they didn't. And then it came back to haunt them late with the interceptions. Well, it was interesting because, as you said before, James Winston is one of the long, best long ball throwers in the NFL. And uh, so it's hard to tell. Was, it, was he missing the mark because of his hurt back? Or was Alave really not in the right spot? Because you got you got a situation where Jameis is throwing it on the outside when Alave, you know, really be in position for the inside or vice versa. Uh, it just, you know, they were trying. If they could have hit on one of those, man, it would have changed the entire flavor of the game. What was your what was your thoughts about that? Yeah, no, I think you make a good point. Uh, it's hard to evaluate, Ricky. I mean, we don't know exactly how much that back is limiting him. Everyone I've talked to. Uh, insists it is not limiting his passing. Uh, he was highly inaccurate on, on on Sunday. There's just no doubt about. It. In addition to the, you know the the interceptions. I mean, there were a number of balls that he just missed the mark on, and he's also didn't read the field very good. And Dennis Allen talked about this on Monday with us. Uh, you know, there was a lot of times where he had he had some underneath throws that were wide open, and either he didn't see him or he elected to go for the bigger play. That's the old Jameis Winston that got him in trouble in Tampa Bay. We haven't seen much of that here in New Orleans. And uh, I I just think this week's a big week for him to bounce back. We're going to talk to him uh, later this week and and get a read on how he feels. But uh, certainly his back, uh, you know, is an issue. From what I understand, they can deaden that pain with some injections in his lower back, and it shouldn't affect him on game days. And that's what I understand happened. So, I think it is more bad decisions than bad back. Hey, you know, if you, if you if I remember this correctly, I remember a play near the end zone where one of our players, I don't remember which one it was, was wide open, and he threw the pass underneath instead of the you know the the wide open receiver. But you know, your thought all along was that. We're spoiled because we're used to Drew Brees walking up to the line of scrimmage and already knowing most likely where he's going to throw the ball because he's already he knows where the defense, what they're going to do, and he's ready to make it, you know, immediate adjustments. And when you wrote the book about Sean Payton and Drew Brees, you talked about how how unusual Drew Brees was <clears throat> at making those 
immediate calculations. I mean, he has his computer going and he knows when something has changed and he, he's looked at the field and he knows what he needs to do. And that, that maybe Jameis's calculator is just not moving as fast. And uh, is that what we saw Sunday? Well, I think there's a little of that, but I think it's more complicated than that. I mean, the Saints are having problems across the board offensively. You know, it's not just the quarterback. I mean, the offensive line's missing some pressure packages. Uh, the backs in particular, I think, have really struggled. No matter who's been in there, they've struggled. Uh, and until they can correct that, teams are going to keep coming after them. Now, having said that, Tampa Bay is excellent in that area. I mean, Todd Bowles is one of the most creative defensive minds in the league, and they have outstanding blitzers in Devin White and Levante David. Veteran guys, they know when to go and when to fall back. And then their back end is so experienced, they don't give up a lot. Uh, there was a few opportunities where the Saints had to get deep, and you have to hit those when you can. And I agree with you. I, I think there's just a little bit off there in the connection between Olave and Winston. And, and I predicted that. I knew that was going to happen. They've not played much together. He and Mike Thomas haven't played much together. So you had to anticipate that early on this offense was going to be kind of not firing on all cylinders, uh, and especially against a great defense like that. So um, one of the th- one of the observations I had, you know, again, this probably goes back to playing conservative offensively. They knew it was going to be a close game, probably going to come down to a field goal, at least the way they were playing it. Um, other than trying to hit, you know hit those home run balls a couple of times, but one of the things I observed is that we didn't seem to be focused on getting the ball in the hands of our star players in the beginning of the game. I mean, a lot of time went by. I mean, we didn't see Taysom Hill really. You know, get targeted unless I missed something on that. We it just seemed like we weren't trying to make a big play with our playmakers. Just, is that is that is that part of just the conservative framework? Well, Taysom Hill didn't play much. I'm, I was kind of surprised. I think he only had like six snaps, uh, which is really low for him. So there must have been something in the game plan that, that uh, either dictated that or uh, something the Bucks were doing. Now they tried a few plays with. Hill, he had some decent runs, uh, but then he got shut down, I know, on that one third down play. Um, Mike Thomas, they were kind of trying to take him away. So the, the Saints go where the coverage dictates, right? And they were that's why Olave was getting targeted so much. Uh, so you go where the you know where the open man is for the most part. You don't try to force it. And I thought that's what Winston was doing. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with uh, <clears throat> with Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. I'm curious about how we match up this week and what's the latest on the injury front because we've got some key injuries on the team. Let's see how we're doing there. We'll see Jeff, we'll see you with Jeff after this break. Live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgolfcoast.com. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Supertalk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View as we uh, all watch the tropics. Uh, pay close attention to that as we as we go through the weekend. So anyway, we got got Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. We're talking about 
what was really I hadn't talked to a Saints fan that wouldn't frustrate it. But you know what, Jeff? We got we got a lot of players on this team that are coming together for the first time. For example, you just mentioned you know, trying to get the timing right between Jameis Winston and Alave. And then you've we've had some key injuries, which we'll come we'll come back to that in just a second. But Defense had a little bit of a disappointment in that first game, but man, this game, they played lights out for the most part. I mean, I, again, I know that they scored 17 points on 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 the Saints, and it was just a miserable fourth quarter. But we had five turnovers, my friend. Five turnovers. It's hard to win a game with one turnover, much less five. But for um, th- you know a good over three quarters. The Saints were frustrating the the living daylights out of out of Brady. He was throwing more fits on the sideline than I've ever seen him throw. Yeah, and and you know, frankly, they should have been able to shut that offense down because, I mean, they they were really banged up in that game. I mean, they played. If you think about it, Ricky, <clears throat> they started the game without Chris Godwin and Julio Jones, and then they lost Mike Evans late, and then their starting their their starting left tackle didn't play. Their backup got hurt in the first half. They were down to their third-string left tackle. I think they have their third-string center out there. I mean, uh, you know, the defense should have dominated that game, and they did. And they shut down the running game. They were much better against the run, which we all anticipated. There wasn't going to be much carryover from that Atlanta game because it's two different style of offenses. And they did a great job in short yardage. I mean, they stopped the Bucks fourth and one in their red zone. Uh, so th- there was a lot of good things there, and, and they ended up finishing the game with their their backup cornerbacks on the field without Paulson Adebo or Marshawn Lattimore, and they held up pretty darn well, I thought. So uh, there are a lot of encouraging signs from the defense. I think we know what the defense is right now on this team. Well, of course, I've watched the replay a bunch of times on the fight, and of course, the NFL was incredibly interested in that as well. No big surprise on uh, you know, Lattimore and Evans and their history, et cetera. But, you know, watching the replay of that, you know, Brady was in the middle of it. He was instigating in a way. I mean, it's almost like he wanted something to, to get to get going there. Uh, how do you read that? Well, I mean, he, he's an emotional guy. He talked about it this week. He says sometimes the emotions get the best of him. That's where he's different from Drew Brees. You don't ever see Drew Brees when he played uh, show those kind of emotions but Brady's not afraid to do it, even including with his own teammates and coaches. And you're right. I mean, that thing bowled over there, and then it was just a melee. And, uh, you know, I think Marshawn Lattimore is going to have to learn at some point that he can't retaliate. You know, I mean, I know you got to protect yourself to some degree, but I think the reason he was ended up disciplined was he threw punches. Once you start throwing punches in front of officials, uh, you're, you're, you're in trouble. And Mike Evans, I think, you know, he's had a history here. Uh, you know, he was getting in, cleaning up the pile early in the game on a couple of plays on some some pileups. So, I mean, that didn't surprise me. He was disciplined the way he was. Uh, there's bad blood between these teams. It, it, it makes it kind of fun to cover, but in that instance, uh, I certainly feel like it changed the game. Lattimore, for the most part, has Evans' number, man. I mean, you're talking about, you know, white on rice. That guy's got the coverage on him, doesn't he? Yeah, you know, it's a good matchup for him. I mean, Evans is a lot like Mike Thomas. They're very similar players. They're not going to run away from people. They're bigger guys. They're long striders. They're physical. They use their bodies to box out. I mean, they're not going to get a lot of separation. You know, that's not their game. They're going to be there, make those competitive catches. <laughs> Lattimore is as good as anybody at blanket in those kind of receivers. So it's a, it's a good matchup for him. 
So Debo, um, what's the latest on him? We haven't heard any updates, so I don't know if he'll be available this week. I mean, he, I think that must be a high ankle sprain, Ricky, because he's been out a while, and that wouldn't be a normal uh, sprained ankle. Uh, they need to get him back. and I mean, this is a week. Carolina is not a great passing team. I think they want to run the ball with Matt Rule there. Uh, I think the Saints uh, really have an opportunity here. These next three games, if you think about it, they're not playing any Tom Brady's. I mean, you got Baker Mayfield, then you go to Minnesota. I mean, to London, play Minnesota with Kirk Cousins, who's off to a struggling start for the season. And then you get Seattle and Geno Smith back in the Superdome. I mean, this defense should make some hay here over the next three weeks. Debo, it's really kind of sad in a way because, of course, and again, they they may hopefully they're being conservative with him, even if it's it is a high ankle sprain. Because when you think about the way he played in training camp, which was literally lights out, and uh, we, you know we're going to need him down the stretch, assuming things go well. Uh, maybe it's going to pay for them to to be very conservative, and especially considering the point you just made it, and that is the backups under the scenario where Debo and um, uh, Marshawn Lattimore were were not in the game. They they played pretty darn good, didn't they? Uh, well, I thought rookie Alante Taylor came in and played played fine. It didn't look too big for him. He was very aggressive, and Bradley Robles played fine. Uh, you know, they're okay in the sense where they got depth in the secondary. And I know a lot of people were frustrated. They haven't seen much of the pass rush, but no one was going to get to Tom Brady on Sunday. He knew his offensive line was banged up, and he went in with a game plan to get that ball out quick. I mean, there were a couple of times where <clears> on third down, he just got it out and said, look, we're going to punt. We're not going to make a mistake here. We're not going to get sacked. Uh, he was willing to live another day. That's how that game was being played, and, and it, that's one of the smartest guys to ever play that position, and he was not going to put himself in harm's way with holding the ball too long. Hey, one of the things you pointed out that we were going to learn about Dennis Allen is how he deals with adversity. Do you consider this really adversity or just losing a tough game? No, I don't I don't think so. I mean, look, I, I think you're going to lose games in this league, and that was a tough one. I mean, it was a, a, a division game against a rival, but they'll get them back in a few weeks and have a chance to even the score there. I think they know exactly how to beat Tampa Bay, and they were executing that until midway through the third, fourth quarter. Uh, and they know they let that one get away. I mean, when we talked to Dennis Allen Monday, uh, he didn't sugarcoat anything. And I like that about him. I and mean, he's very honest. They made too many mistakes. I mean, they had some penalties that hurt him. You know, 12 men on the field, things like that. You can't you can't have those kind of plays and, and try and beat a team as good as Tampa. I'll say this, though, Ricky. I mean, Tampa's – I thought they might have a letdown this year. I didn't see it. I mean, I think their defense is actually better than it's been in the past. And uh, they, were, they were energized for that game, obviously, because of the Saints – history with them uh, but that's going to be a tough out for anybody this year i mean they're they're solid across the board any other key injuries give you heartburn well i mean you know there's there's obviously the debo one is something that's serious but i mean we got to see if alvin Kamara comes back i thought his loss was significant uh, you know the, the fact that you don't have him in the passing game out of the backfield uh he was close to playing last week so i would assume that's a good sign to get him back on the field uh, for carolina yeah, he may, he didn't have any significant injury to the ribs that you're aware of, but you know, rib injuries generally are just painful. Yeah, I mean, look, it's no different than than Winston's back. I mean, you can usually uh, deaden that pain, you know, and numb it uh, for game day. But I think they want to make sure him being a running back that those things are healed before he gets there. And they got good depth there with Ingram, and I thought Dwayne Washington played played very well on Sunday.
Yeah, he really did. He came in, and they, you could tell the team had a lot of confidence in him for sure. Uh, you already so you sort of mentioned how we're going to match up this weekend, but anything else you want to say about that? Well, Carolina, you know, really struggles, I think, to move the ball through the air. Baker Mayfield, I, I think he's been had more balls batted down against him than any quarterback in the league. I think that could be a factor this week. The Saints have those tall trees on the defensive line. They're going to have their hands up. They may get some interceptions in this game that they haven't had a chance at so far. Uh, you know, Carolina's going to try and run it on them. That, I don't think they're going to have success with the Saints front seven. Uh, so this is a good matchup for the Saints, but you're going to get a desperate team. They've lost two close games so far. They've been in all the way to the very end, so you're, it's not going to be easy. The Saints have to play better than they did in that fourth quarter, but I expect they will. So when you when you look at Jameis Winston coming out of this tough game, I mean, no one has ever doubted that he's going to get there early. He's going to he's going to stay late. He's going to do all the homework. He's going to be very focused. You know, no one's ever doubted that about him for sure. I wonder how is his state of mind when you're around him this week? How's his state of mind? And do you think, you know, this is all sort of the growing pains of the season, and then we'll get it all together? Well, I think he's going to be really motivated to bounce back. I mean, he knows better than anyone that he didn't play well on Sunday. Last year, he had a game like that in week two at Carolina, if you remember. I mean, he had his worst game of the year, and he bounced right back. They went on the road and beat the New England Patriots, and then he came back with another good game, uh, played about two or three really good games in a row. So I expect he's going to bounce back. I don't don't think this is going to carry over. I think more than anything, uh, he's got to be a little more decisive. And, uh, you know, even that includes – Get you know making a quick decision to run the ball. I mean he he lost a fumble where he was indecisive out in the flat. Those are dangerous plays. He's got to be more decisive on that, and maybe that's where his back is coming into play. He didn't want to take a hit on it. Because what I understand talking to people that know the situation, it's it's more about him getting hit on the back than it is about him throwing the ball. I mean we saw him. He he was able to throw the ball 50 yards downfield. So I don't think it's affecting him there, especially probably numbed up. Uh, it's more about the decision making and, and being more decisive. Yeah, in a in a in a case in a case where uh, he gets out into the flats and he's only got a few more yards to go, and maybe before he would have just tucked the ball in and protected the ball and got the extra yardage. And uh, that hesitancy was pretty noticeable. It was interesting you brought that up for sure. Anyway, look, um, we don't give up because you know, remember that again. You mentioned the second game last year. We we're all depressed, and then the Saints went on a little run, and until we started getting quarterbacks hurt and uh, you know that's just kind of where we are but um, there's a lot of season ahead of us and we appreciate you being on the show with my friend yeah thanks for having me ricky we'll talk next week i'll be in london so hopefully we'll align that up time wise and uh we'll talk from across the pond have fun and i look forward to that for sure this has been jeff duncan from nola.com and the times picking Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.